1: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
2: hi EllisPod fans it's jr here fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com mcdonalds.com It's, it's Swindon Town.
0: Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, a bit concerned about the
3: amount of small talk we can do this week because there's just so much to talk about. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's quite a few things going on this week. I've been... Pretty non-stop the last few days. Expected to be a little bit busier on deadline day, but we move. And then I've, I think I've spent more time speaking to Jody Morris in the past two days, and I've spent speaking to anyone else over that time period. So it gives a flavour of what's been going on. And how have you found that experience so far? It's very good. He's a he's a good talker. He can talk for a while. the uh, The initial unveiling was fifty minutes. I don't think I ended up sending it to you in the end because, it's like, yeah, he's not going to bother trawling for any of that. Um, and then you know today was I think about twenty odd minutes, so I think we're anyone listening to BBC Wiltry can expect some decanio type stuff in the next few weeks. <laughs> you make me sound like a bitter divorcee because I didn't get my invite. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you about that because you appear to be the only podcaster not in the building. I saw someone from the supporters club who does the Monday night panel, and obviously the Broadbent Lounge were, were there as well, getting their photo op. So you know I was I was surprised you were. I almost thought I might run into you. Oh no, exiled by the looks of it. Never
0: mind, but uh, we move swiftly on. So it was not as busy a day in the transfer world, but it sounds like it's not quite over because I don't think I've had as many DMs and messages telling me that Lewis Ward has been seen in a tracksuit along the
3: corridors of the county ground. He's around, isn't he? Yeah, I guess everyone else has been um, taking up what that guy was doing on Twitter and just sort of sat outside the counter gun in their cars. But yeah, having been in the counter gun for quite a while, I've sort of seen him, I think six or seven times just seemed to find where, wherever I was and walk past the door and his, you know, he's quite difficult to miss Lewis Ward. So he's quite plain and obvious. So if there's any doubt that he is around here, 100% is, I can confirm that. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was slight slightly, Less business than I was expecting, but I thought I thought we did okay in the end.
0: Yeah, um, no major complaints here. It's very much a wait and see how it pans out in some areas. But no, I'm generally happy with the state of the squad. We saw Fraser Blake-Tracy turn his loan move into a permanent, which opened up two spaces in the loan market for us. The one extra that we had, plus the gap left by Blake-Tracy and Swindon filled both of them in. and. Joe Tomlinson was the first one through the door. He had been rumoured with a return earlier in the month and it went very, very quiet and then in he came. But he is injured, I believe, for the next couple of weeks. And the one that I don't think anybody got was Dylan Kadji, a young Bristol City player who's arrived on loan for the rest of the season too. Um, And there was just the one saying goodbye on top of those who've already departed this season. That was Angus MacDonald, our captain, who went to Aberdeen for a free and, oh, baptism of fire (laughs) last night in the Scottish Premiership uh, as one of his defensive colleagues was sent off and then he was left to uh, try and fend off St Mirren, I think it was, and they they didn't succeed. But yeah, welcome to the Scottish Premiership, Angus MacDonald.
3: Yeah, if they, I mean, they needed to sort out their backline, what's been going on over there the last few weeks, Aaron McCurdy will know pretty well. And um, I don't know if getting a League Two centre-back is necessarily the best way to go about it, but I, I guess needs must for them. Yeah, well, I'm sure
0: we'll talk about the players coming in and we'll certainly talk about Joe Tomlinson later in this episode because he was very enthusiastic as the player guest in this pod. But are there any rumours of any free transfers other than... Lewis Ward drifting
3: around the rumor mill. I've, I don't think I've seen any others drifting around. But the sense I've got from speaking with Morris and Dean McKayley is that I think they're still on the on the lookout at the moment to see it, what they can do because they they probably weren't 100 percent happy with where the squad ended up. I think uh, I think McKaylee even said that they they were trying to get one target that didn't go through. So I, I think they are still looking to be active and. Quite a few players ended up getting released right before the window, Lewis Ward being one. So there are a couple of guys out there to see uh, what they end up doing. Well, there is a free transfer deadline at some point, isn't there? Yeah, but I, f- I think it's quite late in the season, March or April or something. So we've got plenty of time to get anything done. Let's see what happens then. OK, then so let's talk about Jody Morris. Um, what were
0: your first impressions of him as an interviewee, I suppose?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been very impressed so far. He speaks at length on topics, which from my perspective is very useful because there's no um, chopping and changing about to try and get, fill up column inches. It's You can all very much do it off one question. We were saying after the initial press conference before we'd spoken to him once that um, Johnny, Andrew and I were going to have to pick one question each just to keep them under about half an hour, these pre-match press conferences. So he's, he's definitely in-depth in his answers. Um, I think, you know, we, we can't take people at what they say as on the face of things like that, in terms of what they're actually going to do, but I've been very impressed with what he said so far. I've liked what he said in terms of the intensity and his demands of the players. And I get the sense from looking at him that just sort of behind the eyes he's he is a winner. So I don't know how this will end up going, but I, I certainly get the feel from him that he's he's someone who will 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 do everything he can to make sure Swindon are on the up. And what about Joe the Swindon Town fan, how are you feeling about it? I think it's an interesting time. I'm I'm happy with the with a sort of greater emphasis on pressing. I think it's it. There's there's the chance that this season goes a little bit the way of Wellens' first year, where they're trying to implement something midway through the season, and it takes a bit longer than that, and maybe we end up missing out. I hope that doesn't happen, given the position we're in. But I think there's there's the chance that that does happen. But you know, I think this is a guy who clearly knows what he's doing, and if the players get on board with it which, you know, if we don't get the results, they might not do, given the sort of uh, standards and, and intensity that he's been talking about, um, you know, then it, it does feel like we should do well. And with the players that we have and what they've shown the last two games, um, that we could we could hopefully be, be celebrating promotion, maybe even sooner than the playoffs.
0: Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. So
0: the first part of this precedent is a for the Newport game, but there really wasn't that much Newport chat. But we will talk about uh, Ben Wills's very best uh, a little bit later on. But I want to sort of talk a little bit about some of the final thoughts from his own press conference, including the questions that you asked him on Wednesday. But first of all, in the last episode that me and JR did where we talked about Jody Morris, um, I listed the, just the sheer volume of... Big names that he was either coached by or played alongside, and there was a, there was a question about his influences, and well,
3: they're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, it's not not a bad list to be rattling off. He was given his debut by uh, Glenn Hoddle, which is I don't know, obviously from a Swindon perspective, and someone who's who's now managing Swindon is is putting him in pretty high esteem. He was, you know, he talked very glowingly, obviously the impact that. Uh, Glenn Hoddle had on the whole club of Chelsea and changing that ethos and being so ahead of his time and really respecting him with um, when when he was quite a young player at the time. I think he said he was 17, 18 when he was given his debut in the months before Glenn Hoddle was to leave for the England job. So he was you know very, um, very happy with him as a manager and you know, it was taking quite a lot from him. His, his second was Gianluca Vialli. Again, we're... Probably even going up in terms of world superstars of of global football, um he said he was his favorite manager to to work for and the sort of um, again some of the things that I have, that Morris has been talking about in his press conferences in the last two days the sort of demand and the the high intensity because of how much he hated losing um in in the way that he was playing and then also he's continued as a mentor because he's been speaking with him more recently. Um, you know, in the past 18 months, obviously, before his, his, uh, his sad demise fairly recently, where, where he was sort of picking his brain in between um, his jobs. And that often was uh, Derek McInnes, because that was sort of his last manager as a player and um, how he helped him sort of um, transition across from being a player to being a coach because he, you know, he sort of led him on the inside track of that sort of thing and, and helped him develop as a, as a, as a coach.
0: Nice, lovely stuff. Well, what a treat we have for this episode because we've got three trips into the Joe zone.
3: I don't mind that at all. Shall we go to zone number one? Uh, hopefully people don't get sick of it. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering, um, you've sort of mentioned a few times about creating an elite environment. Mm. Obviously, you've, we've worked in some, definitely at Chelsea, mm. even first and UT level. Um,
4: what sort of is that and how do you go about creating it here? I think, as I said, there's... I think standards is probably the where you start from. You want you want people to be accountable. You want people to be on time for work. You want people to be ready to work because sometimes you you turn up and you can be on a football pitch and you're out there but you're kind of vacant. You're not ready to take on board information. Um, it's all just setting those kind of those standards that when you come to work you know it's a place that this is where we can all improve. This is where we can all get better, um, and not letting kind of outside influences or or kind of influences of ah, oh, the pitch isn't great here or today. Or it's a bit windy. It's a bit open this training hour. It's a bit ah, oh, I'm not in the mood for training. It's like the the moment you get a lot of the lads following a certain way. As I said, it an elite environment for me is places where everyone drives himself and everyone kind of expects sort of the minimum of like focus, preparation, um, practice, trying to improve, um, open to criticism, uh, open to like as I said being something that might not be what they like to do as an individual but will will help the team um, I think all those sort of things there are uh, any place that I've been where there's been at sort of levels of success I think there's been in the places where you have the more of those people that are kind of driving that and like I said people view success in different ways it might be you, as I said, I want to be demanding of the staff. It might be the groundsman making sure that the the equipment is ready, making sure that the pitch is right. It might be the analyst giving us the right bit of info before we play a certain team that um, made us sort of hone in on that sort of part of their game. It could be, I don't know, the the people that are going to make us food, making sure that they've they've done it right. Like, do you know what I mean? It's is all different aspects of it. Um, but as I said, I know what that looks like, and I know what it don't <laughs> look like. So I think it's just important that you you try and set standards, and you want you want the players to be representing the club really well every single day, and to achieve a, the ultimate goal. Doing and following that, I believe, is the quickest and most efficient way to get success. Yeah, I'm sure you're a bit sick of this now. So just one
3: final question: uh, You hear, obviously, when people are out working football, they like Eddie Howe, for example,
4: went and worked with Diego Simeone between Newcastle and Bournemouth. Mm.
3: Um, have you done anything like that? Have you just sort of looked to work in? Different yeah,
4: areas? I mean, I, actually, Eddie's one of the people I spoke to. So, um, yeah, I, I, <coughs> listen, Ed, you only need to look at what Eddie's doing at, at Newcastle. But um, yeah, no, I have. I have people in football that I would continuously sort of stay in touch with, and I'd, I'd, there was a couple of times when I was going to go in and visit visit clubs, um, but um, certain things happened that, that it didn't come off. But as I, I went and I worked with Eddie Jones a bit at, at England Rugby I wanted to see how they are. You have sort of separate coaching cells, if you like, where sometimes you might be on a WhatsApp group with quite a few people in different walks of life. And as I said, it's, it's something that I think you always need to be open to. And I didn't actually go into a couple of the clubs that I wanted to but um, that was more to do with outside circumstances but yeah as I said I think while you're off um, I probably didn't I didn't, probably didn't use my time as well as I could have done when I was off but part of that was to do with if I wasn't it was frustrating me that I was not back in football and I kind of didn't want to dangle that carrot <laughs> too much in front of me you know what I mean but um, as I said I prefer to look at other sports thanks very much
3: pleasure Last one
0: How could they get sick of this, Joe? So really good questions here. I really like the the question about how you've got someone who's had Cobham and he's then you know Derby county's facilities were, were probably a little bit better than what we've got, and how you implement that at Swindon Town, where we are lacking and it was pretty much clear that Jody Morris agrees with this doesn't he and then you asked about shadowing other managers you mentioned Viali before but um, I think it was Eddie Howe wasn't it that he he said there so I I think just progress on on the depth of those answers was was so nice I hope he keeps it up
3: yeah this this is the main thing we'll be noting as I said he's he just gives you so much I mean there's a little bit of rambling a little bit of going back over himself but he does sort of Really go deep into things and give you quite a nice insight into his into his brain, which has been really interesting to learn over over the past two days, and definitely interesting to to hear where he's been coming from. Because obviously, I, I based the question on what Eddie Howard had said about him being with Simeone. And, and he was talking about how he'd been in with him. I think he said Eddie Jones. He talked in both press conferences about how he found um, sort of going cross sport quite useful as well to see how other how other disciplines work. So he's. he's a bit of a student um, of tr- trying to develop himself a- across the game and as he said Swindon maybe not having the facilities that the other places he's been have had and I think he even said that in the main press conference that Swindon don't have a particularly good training ground but still just trying to keep everything you know a- as high as-, as those guys would be demanded to do and trying to make Swindon into, in mindset at least be like a big club It
0: must be one of the reasons in modern times why elite Names from the playing days don't come this far down because the culture shock of facilities compared to when like Glenn Hoddle came in, where I doubt the difference between top flight facilities and what Swindon had in the early 90s was too different. Um, Very similar, in fact. But now it's it it would be a, a factor behind
3: a manager saying yes or no. To a job, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, if these guys can start out in academies and in these in these big jobs, you look at the money that like Liverpool spend on the AXA training facility, or I think Leicester have just bought a really big one as well. You know, they put so much money into these places that they're going to be, you know, beyond Swindon's wildest dreams, even in for their academy side of so what they can be working with. So, and even I think I was listening to um, it was the build up to the Leeds game last weekend in the FA Cup where. Um, They were talking about the Accrington Stanley dressing rooms and that's, even you know, they're a League One club and they're talking about how different that was as a Premier League player stepping into those kinds of environments. So it is like, you know, there's no way that clubs at our level could even get close to those kind of things. And it's probably a lot easier for people coming out of football to, to be... In, in a higher-class environment first. Shall we talk about the game on Saturday against Newport County? We'll do a little bit. I, I think we've, <laughs> we've got a, a few things to get through with Jody Morris before we even bother talking about other football teams.
0: Yeah, well, well, let's cover Newport and then we'll go back into the world of Jody Morris. And I'm sure the format will return to usual uh, <laughs> once once he's bedded in. Um, and used to playing these League 2 teams. So what can we say about Ben Wills' Newport County? Well, these days they're managed by Graham Coughlin. Uh, the keener Swindon Town historians will remember a brief loan spell he had with Swindon back in our days in the second tier. Oh, Joe, you missed a treat. Um, he played three times. They were all at home. We we lost 3-0 to Norwich, drew 0-0 with Southend, and then lost 4-0 to Ipswich. Still good news about the 0-0 draw with Southend. Um, Last time out we destroyed Newport County 1-0 in October courtesy of a Luke Jeffcott goal. Their former head coach, manager, whatever, James Robry uh, left shortly after that. I think he had one more game before. I think the big difference between the last couple of years and this season, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, is well. Newport aren't very good this season in comparison to when we've had some really quite tight battles and lost a few games against them, they can be a little bit annoying from time to time. It feels
3: like we should be going to Rodney Parade this weekend and really going for it. Yeah, I think the expectation's got to be win. I mean, they haven't won a game since 2nd of December. I believe it is, yeah. Crew Alexander on the second of December. So they're on a Ben Wills's Newport County are on a pretty poor run at the moment. And as you say, when we played them before, maybe there's been that bit of a fear factor of playing, uh, you know, a, a, a Newport side that were really well disciplined under Michael Flynn at the very least, even if they weren't necessarily competing at the top of the end of the division, which they often were. But this year they're they're doing something quite different. They're a lot more raggedy now that they don't have the sort of Courtney Baker, Regis and Dom Telford strike force either. So I feel like even in Morris's first game, he's coming at what he's admitted as a slightly difficult point to, to come into a team. We should definitely be going there expecting to get a result.
0: Yeah. They've won only six of their 26 games in the league so far. And of those six games since the crew victory, they have drawn four of those. Uh, two of those being at home, including a nil-nil draw against Leighton Orient, the other one against Crawley Town 2-2. So it's not as if they're getting smashed week in, week out. So they they can be their usual <laughs> irritating selves when it, when it comes to uh, trying to get three points from them. But they're a shadow of what we've played recently.
3: Yeah, I think that, that sort of shine has gone off them maybe this season, which is, Disappointing, and by the looks of the table, we'd be doing Scott Lindsay a favour by getting a win against them. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to be tough F- first game for Morris, away game, you know. But but Swindon are going to be well supported there, and as I, as I'm saying, we we should be thinking win. Yeah, I'm only going in so hard because I know Ben's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no more excuse.
0: <laughs> okay, let's um, talk about squad availability
3: then who's injured who's coming back what do we got yeah the one slightly strange bit about this injury update there was Joe Tomlinson wasn't mentioned and then Joe Tomlinson comes in the room and says yeah I'm out for two to three weeks so I I don't know if he just forgot or what but um, aside from him it's Lavinia and Shade. uh, I think they're more 50-50 they're not certain where they are I think they've picked up Knox in training which is certainly from Lavinia's end disappointing given that he's uh, the one player familiar with Jody Morris's methods and probably would have been um in line for a start under him and then shade obviously disappointing as well because he came on and did quite well in the last couple of games but you know those two are, are looking slightly doubtful as is Tom Clayton there he said he was still need to check with the medical staff on making that decision because they've they were obviously we know they were looking to get him in this weekend but it sounds like the intensity's been ramped up a bit and maybe they're thinking um, in training that is, and maybe they're thinking that uh you have to be a little bit more careful with Clayton to see if he would be able to handle it after a tougher week of training. Yeah,
0: that's fair enough though, isn't it?
3: Yeah, we I mean, we want Clayton for longer. We should be alright. We should be fine in the centre of defence for one week without him. So, just, just get him back for, is it Doncaster next week? It certainly is, yeah. And with Lavinia, it
0: sounds like we're going to see him in, in a much more attacking role as opposed to the more defensive that we've seen in recent weeks.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think he said um, twice, at least yesterday, I was very surprised that he, we were playing him on the left. Uh, he was very much a right back under Jody Morris before he he hadn't played him in mid- midfield either. So that would be interesting to see if that continues, because obviously... Roberto Hutton's been playing on the right, and he's been doing incredibly well this season. So that could be a bit of a shootout on that side. And without Joe Tomlinson and Blake Chacey likely having to play centre back, that could make left back a bit more interesting. But I think I guess we'll have to wait and see because he certainly s- s- saw him as a right back when they were working together before. I think
0: I misunderstood a bit of the um, the audio that I listened to. I thought he was more uh, offensive than defensive, attacking fullback, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly it must be quite difficult for a new head coach to do all the, you know, get involved in the transfer conversations, uh, do all the scarf overhead, you know, stuff and then sit down and go, so who are we playing? And then get into the real job, the scouting and preparing
3: for Ben Wills' Newport County. What did he say about Newport? Yeah, he, was, he uh, obviously they've done the scouting and he's watched a fair amount of Newport. He basically just said they have a 3-5-2 and they're ready to compete and will be pressing Swindon quite aggressively is, is what he'd expected. But obviously, as you say, he's kind of come in this week. He's He kind of needs to get his message to the Swindon players first before he tells them, you know, what are we doing? Before you tell them what anyone else is doing, I guess. So he's certainly, we heard it a lot under Lindsay that they're focusing on themselves more, but I think it's very understandable this week that they're a. Uh, they want. He wants to get them to understand how he wants them to play before he even looks or tells them too much about um, what Newport would be doing. Okay. Well, now we say thanks Newport and
0: goodbye for a little bit, and we we go into more Swindon centric questions that were posed to Jodie Morris during the press, starting with Jodie Morris on
3: work. Yeah, th- I think this is the interesting bit because well, we were sort of told all pre season that we were going through, you know, it was to, it was incredibly intense and we were trying to increase those fitness levels and we were going to be really fit because of the sports science that was going into that work. And Morris said he can't be sure of the fitness levels necessarily, but he's, his style of football is going to be a lot more you know, high-pressing. I already drew that comparison to Wellens, but that's the way he's going to try and work it. So he, he's feeling like maybe the the fitness levels won't be able to take what he wants them to do Early on, which which is interesting, as given where we would have expected Sweden to be fitness-wise, and all that, all the work that they put into that. But he's, you know, he's he's made it very clear that the work off and on the ball from these players is going to be very, very important in what he's trying to do.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, that that sounds like something to look forward to. The, the next part that we'll discuss is what you can do in a week because you're not going to be reinventing the wheel when you just come in i think you probably give the gunning mildenhall sort of methodology maybe one week with a few tweaks before we see the jody morris era really
3: kick in yeah it's definitely sounding a lot more pragmatic where he's trying to i mean he probably they probably know what he expects and what kind of things he's looking for already but he's he's talking about it being a longer process until this team becomes a fully-fledged Jody Morris side where he's kind of going to drip-feed them through what what style he wants and the various tactical quirks of his particular system. So, it, yeah, I, f- I think you're right in saying that it's going to be gunning plus, maybe more than Jodie Morris football, certainly this week and probably for the next couple.
0: When you have new head coaches and managers, sometimes players are over-keen to impress. Um, and I hope we don't really see that on saturday because that's where mistakes are made and i hope they just get on with it and um and business as usual just a different person in the dugout
3: yeah he he was asked about this as well from from johnny so he was he was um saying you know I, i don't want i'm again making it very clear i don't want them to be running about like headless chickens and doing things for no reason i want you to be you know i want you to be active and trying to impress me but in the in the ways that i'm telling you to do it not in not in some sort of Oh, look at me, boss. I'm running around. I'm doing it. Like, no, make, make the runs that we're telling you to do. Make, be, be, do the fluidity stuff I, I, I instructed you how to do, not just sort of Thomas Dossovie style headless chicken stuff. We hardly knew you. <laughs> oh, and arguably, we knew too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not a football
0: manager, I'm not a football coach, but when I played certain <laughs> manager based. Computer games over the years. When I'm offered a job, the first thing I look at is that squad. Uh, what did Jody Morris say about about the Swindon Town squad that he's seen so far?
3: Yeah, he was a lot more positive about it today than he was on Wednesday. I think is the way I would put it. He was sort of, I think, I don't know if he said this exactly, so it's it's not a direct quote. But he said something very similar to the squad's all right on on in, in his unve- unveiling was which, and I was sort of sat in the. I guess it was more of an auditorium for that one than it is normally, um, yeah. thinking... And then he was briefed afterwards. Yeah, it? I was like, should you, should you not say, yeah, it's a good squad, I think we've got a good base to work on? Was, was that <laughs> not where you should have gone with this, Jody? But um, no, he was a lot more positive today. Again, not necessarily about their technical skill or, you know, what they can offer him. I, I, in fact, I think it was even the, the specific question I asked during that initial press conference, like, you no, know, how... Good, how close do you think this squad is in in line with what you want them to be doing longer term and he sort of that was he was like you know they're okay we'll we'll see if they can keep up with me kind of thing and then today was like well you know they've i I've, I've, I've told them in training today that they're um that they've been um um their their application was praised very roundedly and what that they've been uh, uh, you know getting involved with what you wanted to do and showing the effort he's not demanding in this elite environment that he was talking about uh, a lot on Wednesday. So you know his his point for to the squad is they seem malleable. Okay, cool. Um, Jodie Morris was asked about discipline. Uh, he obviously saw
0: the game against Ginningham. You know, I, I say this phrase a lot. It feels like so long ago, but <laughs> less than a week at time of recording. But it feels like an eternity ago. What do you say about discipline?
3: Again, this is more to to do with the um the d- 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 please don't run around for no reason stuff is st- stay disciplined within the system and you know he he wants everything to be done with a purpose and to to do with what he's asking more than you know that desperate need to impress and maybe get a bit over eager and go into things for, thankfully for him he won't have side who can at the weekend so who might get a bit over eager in the tackles I don't think there are too many others in the team that would do that so you um, might might have a bit brief hiatus on having to see that too much, so yeah, it's it's just sort of about it's all it's all about. Please just stick to the plan. I, I won't be impressed if you run around and kick someone in the head.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little worried at the start of the Ginningham game, not because of the goals that were that were just going in at the time, but Ginningham went to leave some leave some late tackles in. There were a few sort of lingering. Feet um, in the tackle, and then it died down a little bit, probably because they went three-one up. But I think if if Swindon hadn't conceded those three goals, that could have been a a very nasty game. And Jody Morris was asked about being nasty.
3: Yeah, he wants his team to be nasty. You know, we he, yeah. he would have seen the the Millwall inspired Gillingham last week, and um, he's but ve- it's not nasty. is in you know that kind of thing, not snapping people's ankles and stuff like that. It's more. Uh, being, di- yeah. being difficult to play against, and you know, people not liking you because because you outwork them, and you're you're doing all of these, you know, you're you're pressing intelligently, or you're, you're winning tackles when they're there to be won, not uh, not taking people out, kind of nasty. It's more of a um, oh, we don't like that guy kind of thing, m- more so than just outright fuggishness, which is slightly disappointing. <laughs> but there are good. And there are poor bookings. There are good and poor bookings. I think this is... I've been pretty sure that's a sort of, um, you know, more London version of something that Pep Guardiola might say. So, you know, the kind of tactical foul type of stuff where, yeah, we'll take a booking there. That's useful, rather than you know, just, just getting booked for kicking someone. Or I think I think he actually escaped the booking for it in the end, but when Saidu Khan kicked the ball straight at a Gillingham player in that game. Those would be bad bookings but uh, advantageous bookings on the field are, are fine it sounds like they're they're going to be tripping a lot of people on counterattacks.
0: You're neglecting the yellow card he got <laughs> he got redded for. Yeah, I mean he he did a few in that game of <laughs> right, to <say>. yeah. <laughs> he really did. Um final question before we re-enter the Joe zone the clean slates. So I dare say this is about you know, if there were any players that were out of favour, uh, with Scott Lindsay, we're back to square one. I and guess people like Ricky Agua uh, are, are key names in who will be over the moon that Jody Morris is in, so they can they can start again.
3: Yeah, he's he's it doesn't sound like he is necessarily giving a clean slate, more of a sort of packed um conveyor belt way, sort of no, he—he's not going to pretend like he hasn't watched all of these guys play quite a lot. So he is coming in with preconceptions. You know, he—he—he he, he knows who these guys are. He, he knows what they have done in the past. But he's sort of going to try and cycle that on a little bit and for, form his impressions from a base. But you know, finding out what was them, what was what they were being asked to do, and you know, if someone is performing a lot better in training under him than not, sort of being coloured too much by. What he does already know about them?
0: Yeah, I dare say there is some sort of handover with Gunning and and Mildenhall about how everyone's been doing. Have we have we had any confirmation on on the on the assistant front with Ed Brand at the game against Gillingham? But seems that like we're still negotiating. Has he been
3: seen on site? I've not seen Ed Brand obviously since the Gillingham game, but he, that question has been asked on multiple occasions already. Um, To Sandro and to uh, Joni Morrison. It's it's a, an EFL approval thing, I believe they were saying. So they have negotiated it. He is, I mean, they were openly talking about the guy, right? So you know that there's at least a pretty strong likelihood that he's coming in. So uh, I, I think we'd, we definitely will be seeing Ed Brand sooner rather than later. Is just w- at what point the EFL, uh, I guess, allow us to take him from Chelsea. Yeah, it's quite an extraordinary situation, isn't it? Does it normally
0: take this long if if all parties have agreed and maybe some comp has been paid? Get the job
3: done. I mean, it's a bit weird. I definitely put it, I definitely say that. I, I don't know what the reason would be for it taking a bit longer, but, but that's the reason that they gave at the press conference. I don't know if there are any other sticking points they don't want to say, but I, the fact that he, he was fine to openly talk about Ed Brand in a press conference leads me to believe that you know, he, he it's a sort of ninety nine percent thing. It better be because it sounds like he
0: he will be integral to what Jody Morris is, is wanting to do. Yeah, he
3: they they've worked together at Chelsea before in that Lavinia side that won a quadruple, which um, I mean if anyone wants a an interesting look, look up the squad that that, that that team had. It it's you won't be surprised that they won stuff with them. It's pretty ridiculous. But he's you know, he he talked he, he he knows what he's about. They they can challenge each other, and they've got a good working relationship that should help Swindon a lot. And personally, when I was looking up Ed Brand, when I was thinking he was going to be announced at the same time, I was incredibly impressed by his resume as a 36 year old who's already worked at the Chelsea Academy for 15 years. So like this this guy is a should be a proper coach. Yeah,
0: and and was a player in that academy before he went into coaching. And as I said in in a, in a... Jodie Morris pod a couple of episodes ago that he was a teammate of one Anthony Grant. I mean,
3: is there any
2: higher
0: compliment? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, good luck to the guy. Here's hoping he comes in. Shall we go back into the Joe zone?
3: Yay. i obviously you're talking about sort of getting into the fitness of the players and then working harder than maybe they have been. Where do you think their fitness levels are, and how is it is it to sort of develop them um, mid season?
4: Yeah, it's difficult, and it's also something that you won't know what their fitness levels are until they play a game in the in the in the manner in which I want. I know full well at the moment, um, I'm not sure they'll be able to play exactly how I prefer to play straight away, um, but. Who knows? They haven't been asked to do certain things, so sometimes you you might have some players that may surprise you, um, and also the way a lot of the time the way they was playing this year in sort of letting people have the ball mid block and stuff. Um, you can only kind of get to that if you train like it as well. And you're absolutely right. Mid season is not the time to be able to do it, but needs must. Um, you ideally we'd all have a nice long pre-season and uh, get time to form a team where it's uh, ready physically how you want them to play but the most important thing for me is um, that they're kind of mentally showing that they're, they're trying to do it and ready to do it and tactically um, ready to do it if it means that they're quite not quite there yet and you have to taper it off and like it a little bit that we, we cert- most certainly will be doing because you can't have such a shock to them shock to the body with um, what you're asking of them but at the same time you've got to start somewhere we can't wait till pre-season for me to try and get them to do exactly what I want we've got to try and start making a little bit of progress in that area now Is it something where you might
3: need to use substitutions a bit differently a bit more like say Biedman or Ismail where you make them quite early for fitness reasons?
4: Yeah I mean I think I think the substitutions one will will obviously be dictated to in how the game is going but yeah there may be there may be moments where if they are trying to do what I'm doing and they're actually doing it well and but then they're just dying off physically then yeah you, you, you might have to um, we, we're going to have to utilise the substitutes anyway because um, we've we've got a squad at the moment that is could make, you could say slightly thin in a couple of areas and yeah um, at the moment, with where people are from a perspective of fitness, it's more more likely that you would you would have to be making some changes um, anyway, regardless of me trying to ask a little bit more of them. So yeah, the, the the substitutions are important no matter how fit your team is anyway, because you can have the fittest team in the world, but if they're not if they're not producing then. Um, that we subs anyway. And then, lastly, in terms of how you're looking to try and make them play, how much
3: of a, their representation is what you did with Lampard at Derby and Chelsea, or have your views shifted since those times?
4: No, I mean a, a lot of things that um, we kind of done there. I mean, when we first went in at Derby, we was kind of told that they wouldn't be able to do a get after the ball and then high press, and um, we was told that certain players wouldn't be able to play that way. Um, and we managed to do it. We was one of the better pressing teams in the league. Um, absolutely at Chelsea as well. We was, I think, second to, I think it was Liverpool in a lot of like high-pitch regains, which was totally um, against what they was doing previously. Um, we were told you couldn't play certain players to do with that as well. And they surprised us. So, obviously, it's a lot easier in both scenarios because you have pre-season to work with the team but um, off the ball stuff, certainly at Derby and certainly the first year at Chelsea was a fair rep- representation of the work that I did off the ball um, not so much the, the second year off the ball but there was a lot of changes that, that summer that maybe hindered what we was looking at Thank you. Cool, so, so fitness, fitness levels, levels
0: yeah Again, it's the sort of thing that I imagine could be quite frustrating. Jody Morris has never been this low down uh, the, the pyramid in his whole career. And I don't even think his Bristol City four games were in League One. They might be been championship. So this is a whole new world for him, isn't it? And fitness levels are
3: potentially something that's going to annoy him from time to time. But good replies. Yeah, I mean it's very positive stuff. He's again very realistic about he he knows what he wants to do, might be a bit beyond the Swindon players for now, and but he's he's sure as hell going to keep trying to do it because that that's how he believes Swindon will get the best result. So I I think hopefully we should see probably in the next month Swindon you know improve a lot and look like they're getting increasingly energetic and able to last a bit longer. Because I mean. He said he, he can't know for sure what the fitness levels are, but he's pretty confident that they aren't yet going to be close to what he, he needs them to be to really execute his style. We're going to get a new class in the summer again, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, these lot are going to be scared off by it, I reckon.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to unless we're going to have a few motivated, like uh, Simon Ferry, mocked by Decanio, Canio, not allowed to eat ice cream, and then he sorted himself out.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping... You know, maybe I, I guess it was to be a starter, so sort of goes to Jake Kane in pre season before second choice center midfielder, now fourth choice center midfielder. I think we need someone else to tell that anecdote because it's just top stuff. Yes, it is.
0: Well, in terms of player guests, it was nice to say welcome back to Joe Tomlinson, who was here two managers ago. He'd been linked mostly in conversations that involved Romeo Hutton going the other way, but here he is, and it's it's good to have him back because he's he's good value in these well, in these presses, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he's. I think. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are good to speak to, but he definitely felt like the last, the the first one who was genuinely happy to be there was. You want um, volunteers, not prisoners, and he was he was definitely not in the camp of. Um, wanting this to be over as quickly as possible he seemed very happy to come in was, and speak he was very bully. and it was it was lovely to see him to be honest i don't think i've interviewed him last season cause, um but you know he was he's, he seemed to recognise everyone in the room so maybe i was just in the back
0: nice yeah he, he knows how to work a room doesn't he uh, what do you say about returning to swindon
3: yeah he was um he was very happy to be back um you, you could tell um he's he said that he sort of it was quite a late process when it was when it, when in the window he said he didn't really get the call until about 4 p.m. on deadline day to to tell him of, of the interest in Swindon he said that as soon as he heard that he didn't really want to go anywhere else and if he if it hadn't happened he would've been pretty annoyed because he instantly had his heart set on returning to Swindon and getting promotion here which is exactly the words you want to hear from a player.
0: yes they are and the fact that he is a swindonian a Wiltshireman, a Moonraker. I think he said that it, it makes it harder for him being injured. Had he gone somewhere else, he would have quite happily just sat back and relaxed <laughs> for two weeks. But being a Swindon uh, native, he just wants to get out
3: there. Yeah, he he would have been chilled just being in the in the injury room for a bit. But he was, he said he was desperate to get back out in front of the Swindon crowd, and it was it was difficult to watch everyone else in training because you know he couldn't be a part of it quite yet, but is uh, using his motivation by the sound of things to know that the best is to come and that he can get his season kick-started when in about two or three weeks' time.
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of a reverse of what happened last year, wasn't it? Where he, he came in fit and then disappeared. And he was missed, wasn't he, at the tail end of last season? He, you know, he scored on his debut, not that it mattered because we lost that game, but he was very useful and it was it was a loss. Him and Cooper were both losses.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Swindon lacked a lot of depth at the best of times and losing those two players was really not ideal, but he was also just so good. He was, I mean, he, he played like he was in the interviews, really. He looked, he was looked desperate to get around the pitch and make an impact at all times. Usually that in, in, ended in him taking a shot from 30 yards, but at least one of them went in. So,
0: yes. Yeah, it was a great start, wasn't it? We didn't really get a final exit interview with Joe Tomlinson. It kind of season ended. He, he, been gone the way swindon town operated under garner meant that we didn't really have much of a rapport with the players in official comms anyway so he kind of trundled off and that was that but he was asked about his season or his bit his little spell before at swindon wasn't
3: he yeah it was he tweeted about it earlier as well he's definitely felt like unfinished business having because he got efl young player of the month he was playing so well swindon were looking like they were uh, on course for promotion and then he he gets that injury it knocks his knocks him out for the season he, and and that that sort of ends things for him and then Swindon end up not going not getting promotion so he, he definitely feels like there's there's more more to his Swindon story than he was able to write last year and and promotion is 100% part of that yeah
0: his fortunes haven't really changed this season as far as his Peterborough campaign has gone only two sub appearances in the league and then two EFL Cup and two EFL Trophy games so the barest of minimums really and then the two games in the league he he came on when they were 3-0 and 4-0 up resting players for the next game no doubt not really a positive spin he could put on this season for him so far personally was there
3: no I don't think there is a way you can put that and he he definitely took the negative way he said that he was coming into the season, he cleared up that injury and he felt like he was playing well before it. And then he said that promises were given to him and they weren't fulfilled. So, you know, he was probably told he was going to be a part of the squad and that's why he didn't move on in the summer on loan again or something like that. And then that didn't end up happening for him. So you know, he's, he, he felt like it was a bit of a waste of a half a season for him and to, to be he wanted to get out and the fact that it's Swindon seems to be seems to be his um his perfect scenario there are incentives for him at Swindon because we
0: we seem to have an option and his Peterborough career is done and he's looking for that new home
3: yeah he's he he wants to he wants to settle somewhere at this point in his career, which I think mean, is a little bit earlier than the other players who've come to Swindon in recent years and said they wanted to settle um have a little bit earlier in his career for that but he definitely wants to to get somewhere playing games more regularly and Know, if he can come in and perform at Swindon, which we all know he's more than capable of doing, if he's you know, if he lives up to what he did last season, then he should be very much worthy of that buy option. Which I think I said it when we signed Jeff Gott, but it's just so Premier League that I love that we're involved in a loan to buy option. That's just that's <laughs> just so cool. Um, <laughs> Easily pleased, yeah. But it's it's just it just feels like you're in the big time, given how prominent loan to buys are these days as well. So yeah, yeah he, he you know he wants he wants to find that home, and he feels obviously given he's 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 from round here um, <laughs> that he wants that to be Swindon.
0: I think it's understandable. I mean, he, he turns twenty three in the summer, but when you look at his career, only a few seasons ago he was at Hungerford, then Eastleigh, and then he jumped all the way up to Peterborough. And Peterborough have a reputation of not hesitating to dip into non-league, but a fair few of those players do find themselves back in non-league a couple of years later. So the stakes are quite high for Joe Tomlinson at the moment to impress um, and hopefully get that
3: contract with Swindon or beyond because it's very easy to find yourself back in non-league. Yeah, he's, he's not the only one who knows about that. Obviously, Fr- that was a similar situation that Fraser blake Tracy had. So you know, if, if he can... If he again, he you know he won't be dropping into non-league if he performs well at Swindon. He knows that, and you know Peterborough, you know that they're, they're bouncing up and down all the time. So it's quite tough to get in there, especially if you've just come out of non-league. So he's he, he knows that it so the a good thing is on the table if he can come into Swindon, push pushes on and get promotion, and then he's he's a league one footballer all of a sudden. And when you've not had that stability in your career, it's very understandable you might want some, yeah. Absolutely. What do you say about Jodie Morris? He's he's very happy to be with Jodie Morris. He said obviously he wanted to be at Swindon, but when he heard that Morris was had come in that, that was that was gonna be a, a big part of it for him because he wants to learn under this guy. He thinks he can really improve him, which, you know, is what Morris is kind of known for as a as a youth coach. So he's he's very happy to be under Jodie Morris. He he's um obviously not been involved in the main training yet, but he said just sort of watching it from the sidelines he's he just wants to be out there. He he's sounded sounded very exciting, I must say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's interesting, isn't it? Because to my generation, I remember him as the Chelsea player. I remember him going to Leeds, and I remember vividly noticing how his career sort of dip quite considerably. But to Joe Tomlinson's generation, he's the guy that won all those trophies as a youth coach. If you have that much knowledge and depth of knowledge of the game, because I know a lot of some a lot of Pro footballers, once they're in, they you know they're not really bothered about what's happening elsewhere. But if you are students
3: of the game, you know what
0: Jody Morris has achieved
3: at youth level. Yeah, youth level and indeed first team level, because certainly I remember him getting getting that job with Frank Lampard at Derby and the reputation that he came in with at that point was like, I mean, this 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 is a really good guy for Lampard to have alongside him, and so it proved given the the first two seasons um, he had with with him as the assistant. So. I mean, he is—he's is someone that everyone would definitely know about because Sky, Sky Sports weren't letting you forget about Frank Lampard's Derby that season.
0: No, they were not. Uh, Joe Thompson's going to have a chat uh, to Jody Morris about how he likes to play.
3: Yeah, he was—he was asked about if he—if he was going to be able to express himself and be as as hacking and exuberant as he wanted to be, and he's said that he's, he's not necessarily spoken to to Jody Morris yet about everything that would be required with him within a morris system but um you know he'd, he'd very much like to do all the the attacking and, and the goal scoring that he he is kind of known for as a player so he he wants about that but he was he was very quick to say I, I i will also do the defending as well i I like that bit too but mostly <laughs> goals
0: yeah yeah and then he went into the history of joe tomlinson didn't he
3: yeah he was he was uh looking into um where he's been he's been at obviously rorton growing up around here and around and that sort of, again, that sort of part of his goal scoring that that came into it being having played further forwards as his youth career, you know, as it started and then moving backwards, which I think every single episode of The Lowest Strangers with a player who's not a striker starts with that. So, you know, it's I think it's a pretty well-worn path in terms of moving backwards, but it doesn't sound like he ever really lost those instincts to want to get forward and get involved in the attacking play. Yeah and I did like
0: the closing question in in our order was essentially you know promotion is number one but I just want to be playing again man um, and I, I kind of think the latter is really his priority
3: yeah it's it's a bit of a mood really I just, I just want to be out there please please let me play <laughs> i hate peter bro <laughs> Ah, oh, no, no. yeah, fair, fair cop. Um, Joe's Zone, part three. Let's go. Coming back to a team sort of one year on, is it a bit strange to not actually see that many familiar faces around?
5: Very much so. I say I've, I've been, I've been through it. I um, said time, you terrible. <laughs> 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 he's been, he's not there for like five <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. As, as I was just saying, like it's weird coming back, <laughs> knowing my surroundings, knowing all the staff, even obviously apart from the gaffer. But coming back and then seeing all the basically not knowing the players and having to go into a new team, even though I know my surroundings, um, which has been very weird. Um, but as I say, I've been straight in with the boys um, and it, they seem like a really good
3: bunch of lads. With you being a little bit injured, having, as you said, training on the side a little bit, is it still possible for you to grow those bonds quite quickly?
5: Yeah, obviously you never. it's never going to be the same as training with them and playing with them every week. And I'm sure when that starts to happen, I'll get relationships bigger, greater relationships with them. Um, But at this moment in time, obviously it's just spending time with them when we're having breakfast, having lunch, around when we're doing gym and stuff like that. It's about building a relationship with that. But like you say, playing with them and training with them will, will definitely increase that as well.
3: So
0: you asked him about coming back into team and yeah, oh, is Jack here still? Nah, nah. Lou? Nah. Oh, but the proper wallop guy is still here, isn't he? Nah. Who is here? Harry? Harry? Pass, oh, passers, yeah, yeah. Ricky's here? Ricky. And uh, Johnny, and,
3: well, we're going to bring Lewis Wall back maybe, too. Oh, that's good. All the vibes are here. Yeah, he's, he probably went straight into the, the kit men room and was like, hi, guys, how are you? And then, you know, where's this guy, this guy, this guy? And it's like, I hate to break it to you, Joe, but they're not really around anymore. You remember Johnny Williams. <laughs> uh, I, I assume pretty much the only guy he would have actually played with. No, I... I Back yeah. wasn't really playing at that point of the season. So it's from one year on, really, coming back to a club it is probably a bit weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> OK, well, let's, let's think about closing this episode with predictions. Now, boy, did I feel stupid after about 13, 14 minutes uh, on Saturday. Maybe not as stupid as Johnny Williams felt after doing his little dance after a minute and then us con- conceding three goals, but... Blushes were spared, um, but I predicted nil nil last week. But I still got closest because it was a draw. Are we gonna? Is this going to be a swashbuckling new head coach bounce, or are they going to
3: frustrate the hell out of us? What do you think? I mean, I jolly well hope it's the former. Um, I'm going to go for two nil. I think I think we'll be okay. Newport not in great form. I've got Super Charlie up front, so pretty much whatever Jody Morris does, we're going to get on the goals on the score sheet at least once. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 2-0. I think it's going to be a positive start. Cool.
0: I'm going to go 2-1. There'll be some mild peril, um, and that's fine. But 2-1 Swindon. I will be going with the... Oh, this should be a great day. It's going to be ruined somehow. We'll see how it is. Um,
3: but yeah, are you going? I am going. I'm very excited to be on the train with a lot of drunk rugby fans, which is, having lived in Twickenham for a year, a very familiar experience. Yeah, you would be a seasoned pro then, won't you? Um Yeah, I'm going
0: unreasonably early, I think my train is, because I don't like the idea of being the last Swindon fan on the train. I won't be able to sit down. Yeah, because it's twelve forty-five kickoff. I think my I think my train's about nine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I hope you enjoy the delights of Newport then for a few hours.
0: I don't mind Newport. I don't mind it. You got to remember, I am from small town Wiltshire. Every everywhere is a metropolis when <laughs> when you are raised in small town West Wiltshire. So I don't really mind it. It will be cold though. And
3: post game, I am
0: a tiny rebel eating the
3: wings, so I am happy. It's not. It's not bad. So I mean, I've, I've not been to Newport, so I am excited to. To learn about the big culture that I assume is there.
0: Having lived in London, you you probably won't be as laid back about the quality of Newport than I am.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I I think that's probably true. To be fair, I'm. I I think I'm staying for a little bit after the game, so we'll uh, we'll see what delights there are on offer. Well, if I see you, I'll say hello, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich.
0: The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening.
1: Come on Swindon. I a bubble.